You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. It's going to be a hectic commute in many areas of the Lower Mainland this weekend. From road construction to SkyTrain upgrades and special events, many detours will be in effect and major delays are expected. Our Jill Bennett is at one of the locations that could turn into a bit of a gong show starting later tonight. Jill, what's happening there? Sophie, this is a well-used commuter route, one of the busiest SkyTrain stations and the busiest bus line. But this stretch of East Broadway will close at 9 o'clock tonight for some construction. And that's only one of the many obstacles facing drivers this weekend. If Vancouver drivers think the construction and the slowdowns are bad now... What do you think of the traffic? Does it seem like it's getting worse, construction? There's a lot. There's a lot. Well, it's a bit of a pain, isn't it? It's about to get a lot worse. This stretch of Quebec Street between 2nd and Terminal will be closed to traffic 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. this weekend for paving. Anyone thinking Main Street is an alternative, not so on Sunday. Car Free Day starts at noon that day, closing Main to traffic between Broadway and 33rd. Basically on Car Free Day, we take over the whole street. We kind of reimagine what we can do with that space that's traditionally devoted to cars, and then it gets taken over by the whole community. Vehicles will still be able to cross Maine at major points, including King Ed and 16th. And the list of road closures continues. On Saturday, car-free days takes place on Denman Street in the West End. Continued gas line work has one lane in each direction on First Avenue from Boundary to Nanaimo all weekend. And 10th Avenue will be closed from Friday evening through Saturday for paving. The scaffolding part of the upgrade at the Commercial Drive SkyTrain station is coming down. That, too, will have an impact on drivers. Well, the best thing for drivers is just to avoid this block of Broadway this weekend. We're going to have the block shut between Commercial and Victoria, um, so it's going to be a little bit uh, a little bit chaotic in this area. It would be a good idea just to avoid it altogether. And for those leaving Vancouver on the Canby Bridge this weekend, there will also be a full closure of the southbound curb lane for continued bike lane construction. Well, Jill, it seems like it's going to be tough to get anywhere this weekend, but there is some good news for some drivers, at least. Uh, there is, Sophie. Originally, there was going to be construction on the Lionsgate Bridge, and that was going to be causing big delays for drivers coming to and going from the North Shore. However, once this closure on Broadway was announced and uh, they realized all of the other closures and events, they have decided to postpone that construction. So the Lionsgate Bridge will still be uh, business as usual, no closures there. It's just all those other closures drivers will have to be aware of. And that's enough to deal with for one weekend. Thank you, Jill. Now to the latest developments in a desperate search for three missing boaters. The trio among five people who were in a boat that capsized in the waters off Tofino around two this morning. While one person was found and another managed to swim to shore at Duffin Cove, there are growing concerns for the three who remain missing tonight. Ted Trenecki reports. A search weather goes, you couldn't ask for much better. Good visibility and calm seas. But there have been very strong tides in recent days. Numerous local vessels have been on the water all day, along with various search and rescue and the RCMP. In the early hours of the morning, there was a boat that capsized. We've recovered two individuals, and three individuals are still unaccounted for. 
Just what the five young men were doing out at two in the morning is unclear, though some believe they may have been pulling up a crab trap. Because of those strong tides, the outgoing current today was a relatively strong three to four knots, which has pushed the surge area past Vargas Island. The surge area itself comprises 41 kilometers squared, so it's really quite extensive. Uh, this includes Vargas Island, as well as the entire coast of Ticino and Yukulit. We have located um, certain items that we believe to be from the vessel, and those items were found along uh, the drift patterns. One of the three missing men may have been involved in the rescue of passengers on the whale watching boat the Leviathan 2. Six people drowned almost three years ago after the ship was hit by a rogue wave. More than a dozen others were saved, thanks in large part to the quick response of local First Nations. The Tlokuit First Nations working in conjunction with the search and rescue and the RCMP teams to perform a search and rescue operation. The two who survived this morning's incident have since been released from hospital. The search for the remaining three has not only expanded, but now includes searches on the ground on various shorelines. Ted Chernacki, Global News. Well, delays in a court case involving a man accused in the targeted shooting of a pregnant woman. Today, 37-year-old Carlton Stevens fired his lawyer. Stevens is facing two charges, including attempted murder, in a double shooting at a Vancouver print shop back in May. He's accused of shooting his ex-girlfriend and her 23-year-old friend. They both survived, but the woman's unborn baby did not. Friends of the victim say she had recently broken up with Stevens. His next court date has been put over until July 11th. In the meantime, police still need the public's help to identify a second man seen in security footage walking with Stevens at the time of the incident. Anyone with information is asked to call Vancouver Police or Crime Stoppers. A family fighting for justice after a devastating crash killed their loved one is doubling down on their push for change tonight. Dr. Alphonsus Huey died when his vehicle was struck by a driver doing almost three times the speed limit. Late yesterday, an appeal was granted in the case, but as John Hua reports, that was just step one of what the victim's family is hoping to see done. Mr. Farnworth, I'm Monique Huey. Backed by close to 60,000 people, Monique Huey is here to deliver a message. My father's accident was unnecessary and it was preventable. She also says when it comes to holding someone responsible, our justice system got it wrong. It's uh, extremely difficult for my family to comprehend. So yes, uh, we are frustrated that we had to go through all that. Her father and respected Vancouver doctor Alphonsus Huey was killed in a collision on Oak Street in November of 2015. Ken Chung, who was behind the wheel of the Audi, was recently acquitted of dangerous driving causing death. The fact he was driving 140 kilometers per hour in a 50 zone deemed a momentary lapse. The BC Prosecution Service is appealing the ruling. I still do not understand it. Uh, it's wrong. And Chung was caught for excessive speeding less than two years after that fatal collision. And similar driving behavior also shows up in his history with another speeding infraction in October of 2013. And that's only from what you can see in court documents. Global News was unable to obtain his full driver's abstract because of privacy legislation. I certainly think the superintendent of motor vehicles will be uh, uh, looking at that very, very closely. With the momentum of this many signatures in just five days, the Huey family wants more from the provincial government. First, get Chung off the road permanently. Second, stricter penalties for all excessive speeders with repeat offenses. I'm continuing on his legacy by continuing to fight to save more people's lives. John Hua, Global News.
Well, starting today, new rules kick in aimed at better protecting home buyers and sellers. The measures were brought in to address a series of scandals that had been plaguing the market and driving up prices in B.C. Nadia Stewart explains what the changes are and why some are concerned about the timeline. It's been two years since the real estate practices in this province first came under scrutiny. A white-hot market rocked by scandals and concerns over shady dealings. The results of a sweeping review, 28 recommendations, one of which becomes a reality as of June 15th. Ending dual agency was one of them in order to remove those inherent conflicts of interest that happen. If you're selling your property, you want your agent to get the best price for you. If I'm buying, I want to buy at the lowest price. And if you're representing both parties, there's that conflict. Not anymore. In almost all cases, the same realtor or real estate agent will no longer be allowed to represent both the buyer and seller in a transaction. A move many, including realtors, say is in the best interest of consumers. Uh, these changes were uh, designed to protect uh, people that are looking at the housing market, designed to protect good realtors uh, so that the scammers that were out there don't discredit all of the good people that work in the sector. These new rules have been in the works since June 2016. Realtors and real estate agents are required to take a course offered by UBC's Sauter School of Business. There are five modules and a score of 70% or higher is required in order to progress from one module to the next. Anytime you've got change, it's always a struggle for people. Bill Moore with the Greater Vancouver Real Estate Board says they support the changes, but training 14,000 members by October 1st is no easy task. Our members are are, are trying to cope with it. I'm not sure the Premier is going to back down, um, but we're working with the process. Green Party leader Andrew Weaver has called for a delayed rollout of the new rules, citing concerns it could be too much change too soon. But as Moore pointed out, the Premier isn't backing down. Nadia Stewart, Global News. Canada's first ever retail hydrogen refueling station has opened in Vancouver. Hydrogen oh, fuel cell electric vehicles can now power up at the Shell station on Granville near 71st Avenue. It's a partnership between Shell and Hydrogen Technology and Energy Corporation. And while the station is a Canadian first, there are plans to have three sites in the city. Hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles convert hydrogen into electricity and produce only heat and water when driven. They can go up to 700 kilometers and can be refueled in just a few minutes. Trinity Western University has lost its legal battle over accreditation for a planned new law school. In a 7-2 decision, the Supreme Court of Canada denied accreditation because of the school's community covenant. Kristen Robinson now on how the case weighed freedom of religion against equality and why reaction to today's decision is mixed. This is a, a, a very important decision. Lawyer Barbara Findlay is jubilant. In a legal fight that pitted freedom of religion against equality for all, Canada's highest court ruled in favor of equality. The specific question that the court was considering was how to balance the rights of people to freedom of religion versus the rights of gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people. Langley's Trinity Western University founded on evangelical Christian principles. Students must sign a covenant that prohibits sexual intimacy except between married heterosexual couples. Law societies in B.C. and Ontario refuse to license graduates from its proposed law school. 
claiming the controversial covenant discriminated against the LGBTQ community. We're disappointed that the Supreme Court of Canada has decided that diversity in Canada does not include a small Christian university having a law school that upholds traditional Christian values. The Supreme Court ruling 7-2 in favor of each province's law society. Now retired Chief Justice Beverly McLaughlin agreeing with the majority decision to deny accreditation as a proportionate balancing of freedom of religion on the one hand and the avoidance of discrimination on the other. As a Christian, I think it's really important that we listen to how other people are feeling and how our beliefs and practices may make them feel. We're saying that you can you can have both. You can reconcile your religious beliefs with your uh, queer identity. The ruling, a learning experience for both sides. Trinity Western University won't be starting a law school anytime soon, but is reviewing the decision to see what it holds for the future. Kristen Robinson, Global News. But first, with Vancouver in the middle of a housing affordability crisis, one longtime resident is wondering why the city won't let her help a man in need. As Erin MacArthur reports, even though she's okay with him parking his camper in her driveway, the city is forcing him out. For the last two years, this 26-foot motorhome has been Ron Sanders' home. Parked in the usual places, he was getting harassed by Vancouver bylaw officers. But through a chance meeting, he found a spot away from his worries. The backyard of Tina McNeely's rented home. It seemed like the perfect solution for a man on a disability who can't afford anything else. Then I'm walking down this alley, stressed again, and I run into Tina. I, I asked her, I said, was there any chance I could put my motor on here? Because I'm going to lose it again. So, <laughs> yes. But his problems with bylaw weren't over. The landlords didn't mind the arrangement. And despite other campers in the neighborhood, a complaint brought bylaw snooping in his back alley. He has until Monday to move his rig. He's out of options. And he has no family who can help. But if this goes away, where do you go? He's been Hastings in Maine. Bedroom for a couple of days. Or Tent City in Surrey. Where am I going to live? You can't afford anything else. There's nowhere to get. According to the city, the motorhome is too long, unsafe... And strangely enough, too small. The city has a bylaw that requires laneway houses to be 280 square feet. The city is building 600 units of temporary modular housing. But advocates have been quick to pounce on the issue and how it's been handled, saying the city is forcing people out of the only homes they have. Without a job or even an address, how is he supposed to pay these tickets? Like, really? Are you kidding me? Save a tree and stop writing tickets to homeless people. If Ron loses his home... He can couch surf for a bit, but he's facing the real possibility of losing everything he owns in a city where he can't afford anything. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. An Ontario man is $350,000 richer tonight after suing his ex-girlfriend for trying to shatter his dreams. As Global's Karen Lieberman reports, it's a story that stretches from Canada to California and centers on the clarinet. The brilliant sounds of the clarinet, performed by a promising young Canadian musician whose dreams were sabotaged. This was such a serious breach of trust. Eric Abramovitz was a rising star at Montreal's McGill University. He applied for a spot and a scholarship to study under famed clarinet teacher Yehuda Gilad in Los Angeles at the Colburn Conservatory. He kind of expected that he would get in. 
he'd be one of the two or three. And when he didn't, it was a real blow to his confidence. And, he and actually, he had. He had gotten in, but he only discovered that a year later. Because his girlfriend pulled a sneaky stunt. A lawsuit Abramovitz would eventually file details her despicable conduct. Jennifer Lee deleted her boyfriend's email acceptance, including a full-ride scholarship, virtually destroying a chance of a lifetime. And it seemed like it was something out of a... You know, a television show or a movie. Lee then created a fake Gmail account in the professor's name to tell Abramovitz he was unsuccessful. He only discovered it about a year after it happened, and he realized that he had lost a tremendous opportunity. It was when he reapplied and had an awkward encounter with Gilad that he realized something was amiss, did some research, and found a trail of old emails. He decided to sue. Jennifer Lee is from Toronto, so the case was heard here in Ontario Superior Court. This week, a judge ruled in Eric Abramovitz's favor, noting he lost a unique and prestigious educational opportunity that surely would have advanced his career. Obviously, the, the judge got it. Yehuda Gilad notes his frustration in a sworn affidavit that a highly talented musician like Eric was the victim of such an unthinkable, immoral act that delayed his progress and advancement. Fortunately, I think talent wins out in the end. Because the accomplished clarinetist is about to join the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. He won his lawsuit and has a new girlfriend. Karen Lieberman, Global News. Panic after a roller coaster in Daytona Beach, Florida derails, sending two riders plunging nearly 10 meters to the ground and leaving others dangling from the tracks. Six people were taken to hospital, the two who fell in serious condition. Investigators trying to figure out what caused the malfunction, but say the track appears to be intact. This same coaster was temporarily shut down last year for more than a dozen problems, but had passed its latest inspection just hours before the accident. A shocking crime in Toronto has police pulling out all the stops to find the culprits. Two young girls hit by stray bullets during a shooting at a playground. Two girls ages five and nine shot at this neighborhood playground in Scarborough late Thursday afternoon. Like a firecracker, bam, 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 bam. Taken to hospital, one in critical, the other in serious condition. After hours of surgery, both are expected to survive. The status so far of the children is very good. Um, we have officers with the family providing support. Leaving a community shaken. They were your friends? Yeah, well, they're getting better, David. Nine-year-old Jessica Cunningham often spends time at this playground with the two girls. Today, she feels... A little sad. Her father, even more so. I don't know. Thinking it could have just as easily been his own daughter. Desiree LaForge lives nearby and says the two girls are part of a much bigger family with several siblings. You guys see them all the time? All the time. They're always outside, you know, like everybody knows everyone here. Like it's never, nothing like this has ever happened before. Police say the shooter was targeting someone else. There was a subject in the park, another male adult, along with 11 children. We believe that he was the intended victim of the attack. Firing off at least seven shots into the playground where police say nearly a dozen children were playing. Now the hunt is on for two suspects. Meanwhile, Mayor John Tory spoke to the shaken neighborhood residents and had some strong words for the suspects. The police are working aggressively and they're working uh, with uh, full resources deployed to track these, uh, these people, these profoundly antisocial kind of sewer rats down. 
A spectacular implosion in Colombia reduced a virtually new apartment tower to rubble. It took 100 kilograms of explosives to bring down the 18-story tower in Medellin. The building is only nine years old and contained 44 apartments, but has been unoccupied since 2016 because of structural problems. Earlier this year, more than 150 people were evacuated from nearby buildings because of fears the tower would collapse. In Health Matters tonight, a new UBC study says men often receive a wage boost when they become fathers, even if they're not necessarily working any harder. Using data from Stats Canada, the study found that new fathers got a wage boost of 3.6 to 6.9 percent based on their occupation and the often mistaken assumption that they are the main breadwinners. But when their work performance was more closely scrutinized, the researchers found that the fatherhood wage boost was reduced or even reversed in some cases. So that really suggests to us that what's going on is some measure of employer discrimination. So employees are just either thinking that dads are more productive and making decisions accordingly, or they don't care whether they're more productive or not. They think that, you know, maybe they deserve more money because they've got families, and so they're giving them that boost. More than a 1,000 people gather for the interment of scientist Stephen Hawking, his remarkable final resting place, and his posthumous message to the universe right after the forecast. All right, back out to Christy Gordon, enjoying the sunshine on this lovely Friday evening, Christy, and uh, we have more of it on the way. Oh, yes, we sure do, Sophie. Wait till you see the temperatures that are in store for us. Uh, yeah, we're at UBC right now outside of the Thunderbird Stadium. Uh, we're at the longest day, 10K, 5K, and this is a race in support of a uh, Juvenile uh, Diabetes Research Foundation. The kids just took off. It was lots of fun uh, for their 1K, and now just starting to line up as everyone for the 5K race. There's about 1,300 people here uh, for the race. It's one of the big events, the Super Series events for the B athletics now we need to talk a little bit about these thunderstorms the severe thunderstorm watches let me show you which areas are part of this it's all the areas you see in yellow there which is the Chilcotin region the Whistler region all the way through the uh, southern interior extending uh, west towards hope now um we do have a risk of thunderstorms right across the province. The area that I mentioned there are the areas where we're still watching to see if, if anything becomes severe. Nothing has yet, but you need to be on the watch for it in those areas in yellow, whereas the other areas in blue is where we have the potential of thunderstorms, but non-severe. And remember, if you hear light, uh, thunder, you need to head indoors. This is not something that you want to be uh, playing with, that's for sure. Now, after that, after today, that's when the big ridge of high pressure begins to build and these are your temperatures. So by Sunday, areas away from the water in Metro Vancouver, also the Fraser Valley, we're talking 30 degree weather and it's going to last right into late next week. Those of you in the southern interior, that is going to be shifted by a couple of days. So the peak of your heat will happen on Tuesday and Wednesday. Now keep in mind, these temperatures are a good 10 degrees above average. They could be record breaking. We'll be tracking that for you. This is not something that you want to be contending with. Uh, so maybe yeah, check on the neighbor down the, down the way and remember, uh, pets, kids in, inside, if at 30 degree weather, all they have to be is inside for 10 minutes and it's 42 degrees inside a, a car. There's your forecast, everyone. Saturday, 
beautiful conditions, but it is going to get hot. Saturday's really our transition day. Uh, so we are going to see still a chance of an isolated thunderstorm in through the far eastern sections, but otherwise the south coast sunshine, and we are going to see the heat right through until Wednesday. Happy Father's Day, early Father's Day to everyone. I hope you like the heat because it is going to get hot. I'd like to introduce you to Morris Wilson. He is the event coordinator as well as the BC Athletics um, uh, technical manager. Thanks so much for having us here. Um, what is so great about this event? Well, it's just an event for all the family. There's something for everyone here tonight. We've just had the, the kids run. That was led by Evan Dunphy, our Olympic race walker. We've got the 5K about to go off in 10 minutes and then uh, the 10K at 7 o'clock. And then once everybody's done, we've got a great barbecue. We've got live entertainment from... Beer garden. Uh, beer garden as well, yes. Beer garden and uh, dancing to uh, the, uh, the band uh, Taboo Queen. Oh, fun. That's great. Um, and that's the reason. Come for the run. Stay for the party. Thanks so much for having us. And funds raised here. All donations go to the G- uh, JDRF with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Uh, website is on your screen right now. Thank you so much for having us here, Morris. And I want to remind you about uh, the contest that's going on. Your vote is needed in the BCAA Play Here contest. There are communities who desperately need your vote now. A new play space could literally transform the lives of families and children in the area. Contest closes on June 17th. Uh, so go to globalnews.ca slash bc slash contest for your, for your vote to be uh, to make a difference. And thank you so much, Morris. I see that the 5K runners now starting to line up. After that will be the 10K runners. And all oh, what a great day for it. Just fabulous weather this evening. Perfect sure. for the run. Sure is. All right. So back to you. Tough assignment. All right. Uh, Thank you, Christy. Scientist Stephen Hawking was laid to rest in London today amid the greatest scientific minds in history. More than a thousand people attended a service of Thanksgiving for the physicist who died back in March at the age of 76. Hawking's ashes were interred in a section of Westminster Abbey called Scientist's Corner between the graves of Charles Darwin and Isaac Newton. His words will be set to music by composer Vangelis and will be beamed into space by a satellite dish appropriately focused on the nearest black hole. Well, the quadrennial madness has begun. Commercial Drive and places like Joe's Cafe, seen here, will be the center of BC's soccer universe for the next month or so, now that the World Cup has officially begun. Yes. And all eyes in the newsroom. Well, you know, today's game was games. was expected to be great, and it was. But mm-hmm. interestingly enough, before we found out uh, what happened between Portugal and Spain, we discovered that Cristiano Ronaldo, Portuguese, was fined 21.8 million U.S. and given basically two years probation for tax evasion in Spain, where he plays his club football with Real Madrid. And that was announced just before he played against Spain. Curious. So consider his performance today as a way of getting back at Spain. Although, you know what? You really should pay your taxes. Okay, so here we go. Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal, who of course won the last Euro tournament. Spain just changed their head coach two days before the tournament started. Ronaldo scored the first goal in the penalty. Up against Pepe. Pepe gets the head up. Now, I don't think Pepe should have been uh, faking the injury there. He got him out of position, didn't get the call, and Diego Costa was able to beat three defenders and score 1-1. Ronaldo, that's his second goal. 
Although David De Gea should have had that one. 2-1 Portugal at the half. Then, a few minutes later, it was 2-2. I should say 2-2. And then a few minutes after the 2-2 goal, that one by Nacho. Yes, with cheese. I like nachos. And sour cream and jalapenos. But the lead would not hold. Ronaldo. Oh, that is magic. He's 33. He's the oldest player to score a hat trick at the World Cup. 3-3 final, Portugal and Spain. That game will be hard to talk for the rest of the tournament. Um, Egypt and Uruguay. Uruguay expected to win. Mo Salah didn't play for Egypt. Still nursing an injury suffered in the Champions League final three weeks ago. Late in the second half, free kick. Jose Jimenez. And Uruguay wins this 1-0 over Egypt, which was staunch but not staunch enough. Iran and Morocco. No goals until four minutes into stoppage time, and this one is an own goal. Morocco scores on themselves, and Iran gets its first World Cup victory since 1998. I saw a guy in our neighborhood running around with an Iranian flag cheering right after this game was over. There you go. They were humiliated at home four years ago when Germany beat them 7-1 in the semifinals, but Brazil is once again one of the favorites to win this year's World Cup, and they will start off in Group E, which Chanel previews for us. There is no bigger favorite to win their group than Brazil, and there isn't much here to think otherwise. The big question in Group E is who will join the Samba Boys in the knockout stage. Brazil cruised through qualification, losing just one stand, scoring 41 goals in 18 matches. Now, four years ago, they crashed out hard in the semis on home soil to Germany. Now, they do still have a star-studded cast, including Neymar, who seems to turn it on when wearing a national shirt and Philippe Coutinho, so anything less than a trip to the semis would be considered a major disappointment. The Swiss were fortunate to get through but opened the tournament versus Brazil, meaning likely a loss and minus in goal differential. Jertan Shakiri will be the focal point of the attack and results versus Costa Rica and Serbia could get them through. They were the Cinderella story four years ago, almost making it to the final four. Now in qualifying, Costa Rica beat the Americans twice and settled for a draw versus Mexico. Whitecaps captain Kendall Waston will try to frustrate the opponents on the back line, while Real Madrid keeper Kilor Naves always gives his team a chance. Serbia topped their group in qualifying and could join Brazil in the knockout stage. Nemanja Matic, considered one of the best defensive midfielders in the world, will try to slow down the counterattacks. Now the Serbs do have some weapons up front, scoring 20 goals in 10 qualification matches. The question is, will they score enough in Russia to move on? That's Dustin Johnson. He's won the U.S. Open before in 2016. He's a big hitter, but you need to do the short game to win the U.S. Open. That's an example from Dustin Johnson. That's a birdie on the fourth. And check this out on the uh, seventh hole. He's the only player under par. Shot a 67 today. Four under. Just at 45 feet. Listen to the music. He has to putt through that music, too. And just dies at the hole. The perfect putt. Tiger Woods, if he could putt, maybe he'd be sticking around on the weekend. Oh, well, he does make satellite debris today. But that's not going to get you to the weekend. He misses the cut. Plus 10. Jimmy Walker. 
out of the sand. 476 yards, actually playing one of the easiest holes. Oh, that's very impressive. He made the cut, plus five, despite what you saw there. Brooks Kepka tied for the low round of the day at 66. He's only five back at plus one. And Charlie Hoffman, he's in second at even par. Incidentally, Adam Hadwin shot 75 today, finished plus 18. Needless to say, he missed the cut. Get on the off-ramp. Get on the off-ramp. There you go. That looks good. Spieth, McElroy, Jason Day, Sergio Garcia, Bubba Watson all missed the cut as well. Lions start the regular season tomorrow night at BC Place. Montreal's in town. Last year, something that rarely happens happened to the BC Lions. The Wally Buono coach team missed the playoffs. In the offseason, they improved their offensive line. They made some changes in the coaching staff. They made changes on defense. And quite frankly, those changes should result in a win on opening night against the Owls. The players know they should win this game, but as always... You can't just think it. You got to do it. Professional athletes. So if we don't come the right mindset on Saturday, you know we'll get our, our our butts you know butts whooped. So we have to make sure that we approach this game um, as one that it's a must win. It's a season opener. It's important. We'll have our fans there, and we want to set the tone for the rest of the year. So this is a very important game for us. This was a bit of a surprise. Giants fired head coach Jason McKee after two seasons. They do have a new GM, Barkley Parnetta. He wants his own guy. Uh, McKee was hired by the former GM, Glenn Hanlon, who stepped down in the offseason. He led the Giants to the playoffs last year, first time in four years. Vancouver Giants have a short list. They'll likely go with an older, more experienced coach. Although I thought McKee did not a bad job. There you go. All right. Thank you very much, Squire. All right. Stick around for satellite debris. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Okay, good. Thank you. Let's check in with Jay Rant now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jay? Thank you, Sophie. We're keeping an eye on the search efforts for three missing boaters who capsized overnight in the waters off Tofino. And fire crews were on scene of a huge fire that has broken out at the Glasgow School of Art. It started at 11 p.m. local time and quickly spread engulfing the whole building. So far, no injuries or casualties have been reported. Those stories and the rest of the day's news when you join us tonight at 11. All right, Jay, thank you. Squire back with, uh, with Satellite Debris after a break. But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasia? There's a lot to celebrate this weekend. I have something for the dads, for the kids, everyone, even the Scottish. The BC Highland Games and Scottish Festival is on and has everything from bagpiping to Gaelic activities, not to mention the famous games where the big lads and lassies toss the caber and other heavy objects. If you're near Cranbrook, you can't miss the annual Sam Steele Days Festival, a jam-packed weekend including family events, live entertainment, and more. See why this is being called the Kootenays' number one community festival. Treat Dad to a day of locomotive fun at the historic Stewart Farm in Surrey. Take a train ride and take in the model train display, then enjoy games, activities, and treats. And this one's for the kids. The Queensboro Children's Festival is a fun-filled family event celebrating kids of all ages, and it's got it all. Interactive play, crafts, and live entertainment, to name a few things. The 20th annual Surrey Fest is taking over downtown. Once again, expect excellent entertainment, exhibits, food, and fun for all. For more on these events, go to globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. Coming up on ET Canada, Sean Mendez gets candid about his struggle with mental illness, plus why Giselle Bündchen is now apologizing following her new Vogue interview. 
And Jeff Goldblum tells us why he's returning to the Jurassic franchise. All of that is coming up at 7 right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Sophie. Thank you very much, Cheryl. All right, you said Tiger Woods would be a part of Satellite Debris. I did, and actually Rory McIlroy as well. Uh, and they both missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Oh, So they have so that in dead. common. Well, a couple of years ago, when Tiger was still with Nike, they produced this little commercial, which I found in my archives, and I thought, you know what? I'd like to see it again. And maybe you would, too. Any questions? Hmm. Not bad, not bad. Oh, it's going to be like that, huh? Ah, someone wants to play. He's trying to keep up with the old guy, you know? Dude, is that your real hair? Is that all you got? Go. Go. I just can't miss today. Do you ever get days like that? Hey, Tiger. Tiger, you looking? You looking? If you want to I won't win there. How'd you do that? You'll learn. So they missed the cut, but they made sad debris. Well, they did, which is more important, really. Exactly. They got lots of money. They don't need to be playing on the weekends. Hey, um, this is from uh, GoPro, Mm -hmm. and it involves cats and a laser pointer. And you know when those things combine, it's always a good time. So here we go. I like that one. Eh? That's so good. Okay, uh, Doritos, and then before that, Geico. You know, weight loss programs can be expensive, so to save some money, I just got the popular girls from the local middle school to follow me around. Ew, seriously? So gross. Ew, seriously? That is so gross. Ew, seriously. Dude, that is so totally gross. Gross, I know. There's an easier way to save. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Who has the Doritos? Who has the Doritos? You want one? Sorry. (laughs) Too bad you're down there and I'm up here. Mmm, smells so good.
were harmed in that. Commercial. Totally, that is so gross. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. They followed you around. You wouldn't eat that stuff. Thank you, Squire. Christy Gordon down uh, at UBC for a big race for JDRF. That's exactly right. It's the longest day race is what it's called, Sophie. 10K, 5K, 10Ks now lining up behind me. They're about to head off any second now. The longest day, of course, because summer solstice is happening this week. So if you want to take part in this event, just plan it for the week of summer solstice, always the Friday before. And uh, what an evening for it. It sure does feel like summer out here, you guys. Definitely looks like it. All right. Thanks, Christy. That's all the time we have for the News Hour tonight. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Mostly the fathers. No, mom's already had their day. Oh, yeah. You confused me there. (laughs) 